Well, welcome to Joyland. <laughs> uh, this is another example of that quote from that book about, uh, look what happens when God's people get together. It's exciting, everything's going on, and then you got to say, hey, stop, be, stop being happy. i, I got to start church. But it's not quite like that tonight. We're gonna, we're gonna uh, tonight's communion night. Uh, the first Sunday or first Friday we were back. Mag, you said we should have communion more, and I've been in. I, so this is this is a, a a journey of learning to listen to the Lord. Uh, and there's a couple neat things that that help. So, um, as you guys know, this is what the emphasis is in my heart right now. Is Lord, you're enough, so we want to do what you're doing. We want to listen to you. So I had kind of a busy week, but I, I, I had this thing about communion being what the Lord was wanting to do. And then today it, it really got, got firmed up. But I don't know about you. When I hear the Lord, it sounds like my voice. I, I wish he had Charlton Heston's voice. That would be easier to recognize. But, uh, or it could be, uh, could be uh, who is it? Who's the other guy that played it? Bill Murray or? No, who? who anyway. Yeah, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah, Morgan Freeman. That would be good. Lord, could you speak to us in Morgan Freeman's voice? Then we'd know it was you. And so this suggestion that we do communion is, is uh, it's not like a huge revolutionary one. And I was tempted to think, well, you know, uh, Meg had mentioned that a couple weeks, the first week we got back off sabbatical, and I've wanted to, but then I just didn't take the time to buy the stuff or do this or do that, do the other thing. And the Lord was so gracious because I was pretty sure, and I was writing it down and felt like it, yeah, Lord, what do we want to do? And, and the other question that I'm learning to avoid, uh, because it, it kind of sidetracks this idea of trusting union, is, Lord, what do you want me to do? That's the kind of question a slave asks, and, and not a partner, not a son, not a family member, you know? So um, I was sticking to all my, <laughs> my newly found objectives, and it felt like communion. And then the Lord did the funniest thing because I needed to text Laurel and let her know what we were doing. And she was having some of the same dialogue with the Lord about what was going to go on today relative to worship and so on and so forth. And so I, once I was pretty sure that it was the Lord, I uh, reached over and got my phone and I, I opened it up and I was texting Laurel and letting her know about communion. And then my Facebook had a, uh, one of those little red dots that, on the icon when you get something, it's like a notification indication or something. Now, I haven't noticed that in a really long time, and I can't imagine that it's not there all the time because Facebook stuff posts all the time. But it was, it was like that thing, oh, there's a squirrel, you know? And so I, I was distracted by that. I opened Facebook, and there was an interesting post at first, which I had never heard of the guy. And the second post was from a friend of mine. Some of you know uh, Rod Williams, Papa Smurf, a uh, little guy, bald guy with a thing, real good friend of John Crowder's and Paul Young and all this kind of stuff. Well, he posted something, and lo and behold, I'm going to read it to you in a little bit. He posted something on communion that articulated exactly what I felt like the Lord was asking of me, and it was fun. So anyway, uh, I didn't get back in touch with Laurel. I had let her know we were going to do communion. And then tonight when she came in, she said, that was weird, Dad, because I was all week I was asking, you know, Lord, what do you want to do for worship? What do you want to do for worship? And he kept saying communion, but she thought it was because uh, she and I and a couple other people had had a conversation about the communion that she did last week when she was helping Amy. And so the lesson is sometimes God speaks and we just write it off because it's so normal. And... Um, 
So I'm only like half joking when I say, Lord, could you speak like Morgan Freeman? And <laughs> it would make things a lot simpler. Anyway, so celebrating communication and union together. That little subtitle might sound weird, but the Lord brought to mind something over the last couple of days. I wrote a newsletter probably 40 years ago. Uh, and it was a communion newsletter for a youth group that I was a part of. And it was communication and union. And I hadn't thought of it in forever. And uh, the Lord brought this to mind. And the, the masthead was just super visible. And I kept a copy of it for a long time. I'm surprised that all the digging and storage and everything we've been doing over the last couple of months, we haven't found it. But nevertheless, that's where this title comes from. And... The relationship that I'm seeing between communion and union is as simple as saying, or between communication and union, being communion, is as simple as saying, my sheep hear my voice. And, and what he says when we do it, it puts us on a path with him to a greater experience of that union. So anyway, that's kind of the thought behind that. So we're going to do communion. I don't know. Uh, exactly how, how well it's going to work, but it'll work, it'll work bet, uh, good if you guys give it a whirl. Uh, so I'll explain the details in a minute. All right, so here's the, the sort of the primary communion passage that we've always looked at. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 23-26. It's the New American Standard. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The reason I emphasize that first line is think about this. Paul was saying, I'm not reciting to you what I read in, in Luke's gospel. He said, I received something from the Lord and passed it on to you. Now, is it possible that he read Luke's gospel? I don't even know relative to 2 Corinthians and when Luke finished his gospel, whether that was there. But this comes because Jesus talked to Paul. That's how we know how to have communion, in part. So, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Now, you guys remember that there's also some admonition associated with this and where Jesus talked about where you're not discerning the body. And it was, he was critical of the, the church because they were all eating and, and stuff like we are before communion. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So anyway... Uh, this idea of, of remembering, and the other thing he talked about was remembering the body, remember? If you don't discern the body. And, and, and so how we got from, I understand that there's a warning there and a corrective message in, uh, from Paul to for the, the Corinthian believers. But how we got from there to the sense that the idea of not uh, eating or drinking in a worthy manner means that we have to examine our life for sin. We have to look at all the negatives and make sure that we're not doing anything like that. I, it's just crazy. We're, we so distance ourselves from the, the core of the communication and the relationship. And that's what I want to try to get beyond today a little bit. So 
this phrase, in remembrance, is, this is the Greek of it. Anamnesis. 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 Yes, anamnesis is where uh, a remembrance. It's New Testament 364. It comes from New Testament 363, which is Anna Mimnesco. And that is a compound of 303, Anna, which means primarily up, but sometimes is translated again, plus 3403, which is Mimnesco, to remind, and it's almost always used in a reflexive tense, a reflexive tense means it's something that you do to yourself. You're talking about what you're doing or what's going on in your mind. So it, it means recall or be mindful. Okay, so let me go over that again. 364 is from 363. 363 is anamnesco, which is a compound of up and to be reminded or remind yourself or recall or be mindful. So be mindful up. Stir up remembrance. See what I'm saying? Lift up the remembrance. So there's a cognitive sort of sense to this. It's not just a distance. And the way that uh, Vines talks about it is kind of cool. It says uh, that 364, the one, this word, is used in the scripture we just looked at in Christ's command to institute the Lord's Supper in Luke 22, 19, and in 1 Corinthians 11, 24 through 20, and 25. It's not in memory of, which is the way some translations put it, meaning it's not a distant commemoration in that sense primarily, but an affectionate calling of the person himself to your mind. So I like that a lot because it's, it's the same kind of relational core, the same kind of relational tone that we've been sensing and looking for and going on. So as we're taking communion, it's not to, to think about our sins in the abstract or Jesus necessarily, his crucifixion in the abstract or his resurrection in the abstract. We are declaring his death and resurrection, but it's personal. It's relational. It's about him as a person. So we can, in, in other words, what, not what did Jesus do theologically or historically? What did Jesus do for me? What is he doing in me? What, what does my recollection of him call to mind today, right now, okay? And then that, what Jesus is doing in our midst is what we're starting to discover. That's what unites us. That's what makes us a body, okay? So, uh, anamnesis is from this anamnesco. It's the compound of up and to, uh, to remind myself, to recall, to be mindful in this idea of personal. Now, it's also used in Hebrew, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, about uh, the, the Hebrew writer's description about why there was sacrifices over and over again in the Old Testament, and it makes it a little clear. So here's the rest of the definition. Of remembrance of sins in Hebrews 10.3. So this is the 364. A remembrance is what it says in uh, the Revised Version. King James says a remembrance again. But then again, Vine makes the note, but the prefix ana does not here signify again. It's not talking about sequential. It indicates in regard to the sacrifices under the law, it's not simply an external bringing to remembrance, but an awakening of mind, being conscious of it. So what, what Hebrews is saying is that for the law, since it has only a shadow of the good things to come and not the very form of things, 
can never by the same sacrifice which they offer continually year by year make perfect those who draw near. Okay, And, and we, we've looked at this stuff, and this is kind of why the law had limits and the sacrifices had limits on it. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered because the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have had a consciousness of sin. So the, the author's point of, of Hebrews is a mental issue. It's, it's, it's a consciousness issue, right? It's not saying that, there's, that's, that sin or not sin is the issue. It's saying that it's a consciousness of sin that cannot be cleansed by the blood of bulls and goats. And we, you know, so we know that. But in these sacrifices, there is a bringing to mind of those sins, right? An awareness of those sins. So the repeated sacrifices kept you aware of sin. And that's how that word is used in the same way that, um, that the reminder that we're talking about keeps you aware of the freedom that Jesus brought. Does that make sense? That's the point we're trying to do. So that's the ground that I think we're standing on and, and that the Lord's leading us to experiment on a, a different way to have communion tonight. In the King James, that's where it, that is uh, in remembrance again. So back here again, I don't know if we need to cover it. Uh, an affectionate calling of the person himself to mind. That's what we're trying to do. Now, if you, if, if you want, and that's, that's what you're feeling, it can be just, I just love Jesus. I just, I'm amazed by what he did on the cross. I'm amazed by the power of his resurrection. I'm amazed that he revealed the Father to me. That's perfectly fine. A recitation of that, there's nothing wrong with that if that's what's in your heart and mind. But if the Lord has said something to you recently, if he has done something to you recently, and that's why I was willing to uh, set aside our testimonial period at the beginning, because that'd be a perfect time to share this right now. And, and so, anyway... Uh, tonight's communion is going to be based on that thought. And now I want to read to you this quick post of Rod Williams, because he just really did an amazing job. Communion is not a somber reminder of our guilt, followed by a ritual we perform to persuade God to forgive us one more time by an incantation of the blood. Now, I understand where Rod's coming from, because you run into that all the time. Communion is the joyful celebration of our already given forgiveness and a meditation on the mystical reality of our constant union with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, established by God when he reconciled us to himself once and for all in Christ. Okay, I'm going to read that again because that's really good, and this is why I didn't need to prepare any big teaching because Rod did a better job than I would have done. Communion is the joyful celebration of our already given forgiveness and meditation on the mystical reality of our constant union with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, established by God when he has reconciled us to himself once and for all in Christ. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. That's 2 Corinthians 5.18 in the Phillips. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, you are in me, and I'm in you. The cup of blessing which we bless is not the communion, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? I just thought he did a wonderful job talking about that. So the contrast between us, uh, what, oops, 
phone just did something strange. Stop. The contrast between a somber reminder of our guilt followed by a ritual to persuade God to forgive us one more time versus communion is a joyful celebration of already forgiven and, and the presence, the celebration of the presence of the Lord in our life. Thank you, Rod. I'll put you in my pocket now. So, this was the, the verse we looked at. Do this in remembrance of me. And so now I want to talk to you about the timing to see if we're legitimate on it. Jesus said here, or, or Paul said here, that the Lord revealed this to him. He took the cup and after the supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. So let me ask you, are you persuaded yet that we are participants today in the new covenant of his blood? It's not a future thing. So there's no reason to push the blessing of communion to a future reward. We are children of the new covenant right now. And, and, and we, we've had that in a thousand proofs. That was a pun, sort of, on the communion way. Pretty good, too. Here's where it is originally. So what the Lord gave Paul was pretty close to what Matthew recorded. Look at this. Uh, when the hour had come, he inclined at the table and the apostles with him, and he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall never again eat it until this is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Now understand the link that's here with that passage in, in Hebrews that also helps explain this word. The Passover supper was one of those continuing sacrifices that was fulfilled in Christ. We don't need to do the sacrifice part, the remembrance part, yes, but he doesn't have to die again as the Paschal Lamb. And when he had taken the cup and given thanks, <clears throat> he said, take and share this among yourself. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the wine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. Now, the reason I wanted to emphasize that a little bit is because I recognized in myself that I grew up pushing that off to an eschatological reality in the future. Meaning that someday Jesus was going to be able, but up to this point, he can't partake in that. But as we partake in this, I think he's partaking in it with us because the kingdom is manifest in us, in this, now. It's not a future wait. Now, I don't know that I can ironclad prove that by digging up another random Greek word, but <laughs> I see the kingdom in my life. I feel it. I see it in your lives. I don't think this is only a future fulfillment. Might there be a marriage feast of the Lamb where the wine flows freely? Yeah, I think there probably is. But I think we're living in the kingdom right now. Jesus said that. The kingdom is at hand, right? Now, he had to go through his life and his sacrifice and all that kind of stuff, but that's, that's in our past. So I think we're in, on good ground here. Uh, and when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Same word. Uh, and in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten and said, This cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. The new covenant in my blood. And again, I ask, are we partakers of the new covenant? The answer, by any measure, by any measure, AD 70, the convert everything, Yes. Yes. Okay? All right. 
So that's the grounds upon which I'm proposing our attempt at communion tonight. So the first thing we need to do, and I'll go through all three of these, and then we can jump into action. What I want you to do, if you're on Zoom, is to have your communion elements close by, and then I want the people in the room to come get the elements. What I'd like is I'd like you to get one cup of wine, and if you need a cup of juice for kids, or if you would prefer juice, we have a sufficient amount of juice. And we can, so I'd like you to have one cup of the wine or the juice at your table. Okay? And, and then you, you, we can gauge how much to take uh, because I'll show you how we're going to take it. Okay. And, uh, and one, I, I, I said roll, but it'll be one slice of bread because it's already pre sliced. Uh, don't eat it all at once the first time because we're going to be celebrating multiple times. That's the weird part, kind of. But I don't think it's that weird. Okay. Then one of you will come to the table, either from Zoom or here. And if you're on Zoom, obviously it's metaphorically to the table, but you'll be doing communion. And you're going to call to mind or you're going to recollect the presence or the words of the Lord in your life recently, hopefully. And it could be a, a testimony. It could be an encounter of something that happened recently. It could be a way that Jesus came in. My story of how I heard about communion and how the Lord confirmed it with, with Rod's post and how he confirmed it with Laurel is what I'm talking about. It could be as, as simple and boring as that, or it could be as exciting as whatever it is the Lord said to you that's like fresh while you're journaling today or yesterday or this week or something even tonight. Okay? It could be an event in your life that the Lord's proven himself to be a part of. Anything like we're talking about as far as union. Okay, So come to the table, call to mind uh, your recollection, the presence or words or interaction with Jesus, Father, or uh, Holy Spirit, and then share that with everybody from the table with this mic. Do we have any, <laughs> do we have any Zoomers who want to volunteer to be first? Did, I, did you raise your hand, Jeremy? All right, buddy. So yeah, share away, Jeremy, and then Riley will pan around and you can pick somebody or you can pick from the Zoomers. Good evening, church. Hey. Uh, uh, I remember, in remembrance of you, Jesus, I remember in 2010, a very special moment when I saw the ultrasound of my daughter and you said to me that that was going to be for me, that you trusted me and, and should church for... For uh, maybe for your reference, I was at a time in my life when, when I didn't feel worthy of anything of that nature. I didn't feel like um, that was appropriate, or that was uh, that maybe I had um, just disqualified myself. And and Jesus was assuring me that He trusted me and that I could, I could, uh, I could lean on that. And then that happened two other times after that until, until we got a full family. So Jesus, in remembrance of you, thank you for, for trusting me and trusting Amy with, a, uh, with these wonderful children. Hey, man, everybody. Awesome. I saw Jessica in the crowd. So Jessica, you are next. I kind of knew that was coming. <laughs> um. Yeah, actually, what I have to share really kind of ties a lot with what Jeremy just shared. Um, just driving here to church, 
we had the radio on, um, one of the Christian radio stations. And a lot of those songs, I just, it can be hard to relate to sometimes because they sing from a place of, of lack. And so this one song was going on that was about, you know, Jesus, you love me even though, or but you still love me. And it just, you know, just phrase after phrase after phrase of that. And I just was sitting there, like, in the car with Sterling, like, wow, Lord, like, yeah, that, that would be amazing. But you know what? The truth is so much more than that. Like, you, you already see as, as perfection. There is no I love you, but I love you. It is already and always has been I love you, and I don't see any of that lack. I don't see any of those problems that you identify yourself as. And just it was just a time of reflection, just in the car with Sterling, because I was telling him, you know, we're doing this together. I was like, it, like, he was bringing us back to the beginning, back to the beginning, if you could even say as a reference of the beginning, because that signifies like a certain time frame but it's like back into who you always have been and that has never changed. And I just was really touched by that. And so I, you know, I honor that, that singer for the opportunity to actually be able to embrace the true truth that sometimes even just in the busyness of life, I will forget. Amen. Um, Vicki. <laughs> so far, so good. So, hmm, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, I guess I love when Jesus takes us to divine appointments. And because he did that so many times, um, we get to participate in that. And, um, sorry, <laughs> I'm going to cry. But I was in Walmart. <laughs> My ladies will laugh. Um, but I was in Walmart, and I turned the corner, and there was a dear, dear sister in the Lord. And we just had a divine appointment in the clearance aisle. <laughs> and it was beautiful, and it was edifying, and it was so God that... By the end of it, we were both just like, wow, Jesus just is so wonderful. And um, she's had a lot of things happen to her that we would not say are wonderful. And yet, at the end of it, the wonder of who Jesus is was present in the clearance aisle at Walmart. And so I just thank Jesus for divine appointments. Um, Adam. Well, it's interesting that we're doing uh, communion to, tonight because uh, just this morning in my in my prayer, the Lord uh, led me and prompted me to remember uh, being healed of my gluten allergy here at Joyland last summer, and so and that was uh, that was when I got so sick of skipping communion, I just decided it was worth the after effects to try to risk the bread. 
<laughs> and um, at the, I think it was the uh, Rabbi Yan I was sharing that night. And then so uh, that brought to remembrance that he just chooses to, to bless us. Not always with something that we, we need, but with just something that we want, just because he, he is a good father. And so, granted, it wasn't this traditional. The, uh, the first, first meal I took when I realized, I, or first food I had when I realized he'd healed me was actually a Nutter Butter Bar and coffee. So that was my very much not traditional communion this morning. But in remembrance of the fact he likes to bless us and just chooses to do so purely because he's good and he loves us. All right. So, Dave? Okay. So I took some stuff down from Aurora to New Mexico. And in that six-hour trip, I took it down to Aztec, New Mexico. Then I came back to Durango. And I pulled up in the driveway of the place that I was going to stay. And the van died. Died. Right in the driveway of where I was going to stay. Now, when that happened, I was not a happy camper. Because I had plans to be in the studio here in Woodland Park, get some recording done, stuff like that. And knowing me, I take it to Daddy immediately because I know I'm going to go south with it, start kicking and breaking things. And Daddy calmed me down and he opened my eyes and let me see where I was. The place is called Heaven on Earth. And that is not an exaggeration. So for five days, I got to spend heaven on earth. And the, and the thing that is so pronounced in that is I wasn't fretting about anything. I slept on one of the most comfortable beds in the world. The covers were perfect. I like a lot of weight in my covers. It was like daddy had prepared heavy covers for me. And these big, firm uh, pillows, it was perfect and it was for five days. And we all know what the number five in Hebrew means. Grace. So, Daddy. Oh, uh, Ronnie. Um, I asked God to help me figure out what he wanted me to remember him for, which is a blessing for me to be able to do that because I don't have to just make something up. I can just wait. And he told me something. He showed me something. And it was in my early Christian life back in Austin, Texas, with a guy named Robert Martinez, Roberto. And we were hanging out in the place where baptisms happened, and we were filling the water for baptism that night. And God just sort of, at that time, I would have said, just showed up. Now I know he was there all along, but he's, his presence came in such a way that we were both speechless. And we were tingling, and it was just amazingly wonderful. And that's what he brought me back to remember. So that's pretty cool. Plus the fact that I can just ask him and not have to work something up and figure it out, and he'll just deliver, is really cool. I'm going to go with Dustin. I'm Dustin, and this is what I look like. So what I am remembering uh, and super thankful for um a while back, I got um, accused of something very, very serious. And the whole thing was stacked against me like you wouldn't believe. And um, I just knew that the Lord had my back, despite everything just like super bad going against me. And uh, so I remember to this day, thankful, I probably praise the Lord every day, that the Lord rescued me uh, from all of that. So I remember... I'm thankful, and I remember God's grace uh, in that time. 
And it was really interesting that scripture that he who is in you is greater than he is in the world. Like so many times I was thinking, I don't know about that. I think the world is just the other way around, you know. But um, anyways, um, yeah, I just stood on that word and I just knew uh, in my heart and mind that um, I would prevail. And that's exactly what happened. And so I remember that. So I forgot your name. What is your name? People should wear name tags for my benefit. I would appreciate that. So come on up, Greg. Uh, hello, for those of you who don't know, my name's Greg. Um, I had a really good reminder today. Uh, it hasn't been a great day, circumstantially speaking. As a widowed parent of a little girl, you really rely on routines and being able to schedule things, schedule work, schedule this, schedule the pickup time. It all needs to kind of fall into place, and it normally does. Today, it did not. Um, and then I was getting an attitude from a coworker that was a little surprising because all I was doing was obeying what I was told to do and someone got really mad at me and I was, what the heck is that? So I was, uh, some people might call it in the flesh, I was starting to get into a mood. And uh, when that happens, God does have a sense of humor. I will have an opportunity to witness to someone. And I'm like, not now, not today. <laughs> no, <laughs> God's like, yes. Um, I asked God one time to show me that he trusts me, that he's proud of me, that he, you know, one of those put me in coach, do you really want me to do these kind of things? And uh, a friend of mine from work, and we've been talking and becoming good friends, uh, he's here sometimes, uh, our work is arranged in such a way that it's a warehouse that's underneath a shopping strip. Well, one of the tenants in the shopping strips is a church. They were having a praise service. And he's Don, uh, my buddy Donnie, he's a musician. He's really into music. He's been to a conservatory. He's a very high-class musician. And he said, this church, boy, they have the world's worst trumpet. This trumpet is just awful. I'm like, and he started describing it, and I'm like, does it sort of have an inconsistent rustic sound to it? He goes, yes. And does it have only one note? He goes, unfortunately, I wish they would find other notes other than this one. I think that person is blowing what's called a shofar, and I got to walk my agnostic friend, who's very dear to me, through the shofar at the crucifixion of Christ that many of you know about. And it's a very dear, and, and I got to walk him through what little I do know about the shofar and how important it is to us. And it's one of those things where I don't, I don't like manufacturing conversations because to me that's awkward and pushy. I want the Holy Spirit to really do it and walk me into it because I, I told him I respect that you're an agnostic. I said, this is the greatest disagreement in the whole world. I disagree with you. You and I, we agree that the planets align and there's a designer out there, but you stop there. And so the way I disagree with you is I'm praying that God will let me show you his love and I want to be your friend. It's a great disagreement, isn't it? And he's kind of, well, yeah. But I ask God to show me those opportunities. I don't like to force it. I don't, I, I don't like being pushy in the name of Jesus. I think it's a turnoff. And the difficulty is Jesus, who 
I, I say it reverently, especially at the Lord's Supper, is a rascal, <laughs> will give me those opportunities the worst day imaginable, like not now. So here's Donnie, this great musician. He's well-studied. He's fascinated by Joy Lines. What a great music video. He comes in here. Oh, this trumpet. And I got to walk him through that. And I'm really grateful because it was like God said, on your worst day, I trust you. So <laughs> That's uh, great to reflect and think about how you've been blessed. And I've been blessed many times. Um, Larry's very familiar with the fact that I had not such a great relationship with my earthly father. And uh, we made amends just before he died. He died young. But my relationship with God the Father was healed. And I'm so thankful for that. I always had a good relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But God the Father relationship wasn't a good one. And um, now my favorite scripture just brings to mind you know, in that day you will know I'm in my Father, you're in me, and I'm in you. And I feel so close to him. Not just close to Jesus, but close to the Father. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the union I have with my wife for 41 plus years. I, I love Meg. I, I went through a very painful, uh, difficult divorce. And, uh, and to find somebody that I really am heart to heart with <laughs> it is wonderful. And I and I do so enjoy your company. And I just want to say, you know, the Lord also saved my life three times: once with a from suicide, and and once from uh, severe sepsis poison, and once from severe COVID situation where I was hospitalized with both of those, and could have easily died for them. But I just knew. I, I said, Jesus loves me. Jesus heals me, and He did. He healed me through the whole thing. And I'm so, so grateful for that. God is good all the time. That's why the good, good father is my favorite song. <laughs> God bless. And Meg. The Lord has a sense of humor, of course. Um, and that's been a real blessing. Uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Um, when I was quickly trying to find out what I should share... Uh, we had an ascension this week. This was our yesterday, as a matter of fact. And um, I think he knew what you were going to share. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just going to read a little bit of the notes. I'm the scribe for our Thursday morning group. And so I have the privilege of kind of mulling over some of the things that are shared in the moment, I'm just trying to get all the words down. And um, we have several people that don't know that the scribe needs to figure out what they're saying. And I don't have a playbook before. But anyway, so it may not be complete. But this was my big attempt. We have a, a guy by the name of Israel. And he does a lot of our decrees and declarations. And so this was a decree that he he gave. He said... We decree and we declare that your strength has become our strength. Your light has become, become our light. Your abilities have become our abilities and your nature has become our nature. We are one and we are inseparable. We move in the dynamic of singularity to bring forth the glory of your kingdom. 
And then Jill shared. Uh, Jill has been with us from the very beginning. I don't know, this is what, three years or something? She's very consistent, just a wonderful lady. She says, I saw in my heart the deep wisdom of God to bring the unique singularity of each person with the unity and oneness that we are in him. They work together in such a power and in a beautiful way. Words are inadequate to capture. And then Tim shared about um, uh, this goes beyond a team effort. We're like Illumins. People will see a glow about us because of that to draw people so we can share the message of his love. And then Fortune, uh, Fortune has a really heavy accent. And not only that, but she speaks like a bullet. And she, and she said, and these were the words that she got, community, unity, and union. And then she said, Mark, whenever a covenant was made, they would make a mark. In Revelation, it talks about mark my people and we would be protected. And then Liz says, she remembers many times when we've been in an ascension that Jesus takes a signet ring and he puts it on our forehead. And she says, I am holy, H-O-L-Y, proud. I'm marked by him. I feel so special. Uh, and then Tim shared from Psalm 139, you know everything there is to know about me. We know everything we need to know about him. Ends with, uh, see if there is any path of pain that I'm walking on. He brings me back to you. And then, uh, so any, uh, anyway, it was just, um, our group is really special in the kinds of things that we shared. But when, when we were going through this, I had a deja vu moment of probably three years ago when that mark, when the first time we had that mark and how special that was to us. And, and, and the Lord constantly reminds us that we are his. Amen. I didn't bring my bread up. All right. Um, when Pastor Larry talked that we were going to do this this evening, like everybody else, I started to think, you know, what would I share? Somebody called on me and I went back to a couple summers ago. Um, we travel a lot over the summertime. I teach. And so we travel with my husband and his work over the summertime. So there's a lot, a lot of time in the car where we're driving all over the U.S. And a couple summers ago, I remember spending a lot of time thinking about death. Um, and I was just really lost in this idea of what's going to happen. Like, I need to know exactly like, what's this going to look like? And I was just really troubled by feeling very alone during that process. And he, he um, more or less got tired of me talking about it. <laughs> and was like, why don't you just talk to Jesus about this and see what he has to say? Because, you know, I'm, I'm obviously not going to be there with you. And so I did. I just, you know, had that conversation in my heart and in my head with Jesus. And the response back quickly was, well, have I ever left you? And I'm not going to leave you then either. And it was just one of those, like a parent would with a kid of, come on now, you know better than that. And so my remembrance of Jesus or my, my peace to bring the table tonight is just that he's not going to leave us. 
He's right there in us, with us, here and on the other side. Um, let's see. I'm going to pick uh, Richard. I got up this morning and uh, uh, went over the things that I had to do today and which which occupied my mind. And um, uh, there was uh, my first stop was the chiropractor. I was feeling little things in my back that I needed to get straightened out. And then uh, dealing with um, uh, a tenant that's been a problem uh, that was heavy on my mind. And then getting gas and uh, went to Costco up on Powers and the line was in so long. I said, forget this. I went down to the other uh, Costco down on, on Nevada, got gas there. Finally was able to, okay, I can go home now, headed on back. The entire day, didn't think about Jesus, didn't think about God. So as I'm there thinking about what am I going to share, and God, I'm just thankful that even though you didn't come to my mind, or I didn't even bother to come to you, you're there within me. You love me. I know that. And I know you'll never leave me. So I give this to you. My Father, my Lord, my Jesus, I love you, and I know you love me. Marilyn. All right. <clears throat> While Pastor was explaining about communion to us tonight, there was running through my head a time when I shared communion with 50,000 people in Manila, Philippines. And uh, <clears throat> at that time in California, I was an associate pastor at a church there of about two, 200 people. And we were invited to go to Manila to teach at a pastor's conference. And you know, in the Philippines, pastors may be from 12 to 17 years old, around that age, a lot of young ones, but they came from Japan, they swam, they rode bicycles, they came from all over the area down there. And we had 3,000 pastors and young pastors at that conference. <clears throat> but what I wanted to share about when you were talking uh, was about the the communion service I was in with Pastor Eddie Villanueva. Now, Pastor Eddie Villanueva uh, had the largest church in Manila. The church was about 3,000 at the time that I was there. And I was preaching in the morning Sunday service after the pastor had done, the senior pastor had done a couple of the services, and I was ready prepared because I knew they might ask me to teach. So I had a sermon all ready to do, but I couldn't go to sleep that night before I was going to preach. And so the Lord had told me to talk on intercession. He said the Filipinos really at that point were not up on intercession. So I began to prepare and I, I couldn't go to sleep. I couldn't get the sermon. I was just really anxious about this service the next day, which was going to be held in the Civic Center in Manila. And that center, when we went there, was just gigantic. It was huge. And there were TV cameras pointed. We, uh, my husband and I were sitting right behind the pastor and his wife about a third back. 
and TV cameras were coming from the back of us and three of them from the front. And this was, was televised all over the world, as far as I know. But what happened in that communion service, and if you've ever seen a Filipino communion service, they're so well-trained, they're all dressed in uniform. They come from the north, south, east, west, carrying uh, the bread and the wine, and it's passed out in about 10 minutes. 50,000 people have communion. And um, <clears throat> while we were doing that, I was again grieved in my heart about something, and I didn't know what it was, so I was sitting there interceding right behind the pastor. And what we found out after the service was that a gunman had come up in the line to receive the Lord, and <clears throat> he had a gun in his belt, and in the video that we watched after, he was trying to pull that gun out of his belt to assassinate Pastor Eddie and he couldn't get it out. So we didn't know this. That was what was going on while, you know, we were up there interceding, watching the communion service going on. And it was amazing because afterwards the pastor called, um, called all of us together that had come down, my husband, myself, our pastor, his wife, and he said, I'm going to offer this man that came to kill me I'm going to offer him uh, a place to live and stay so I can protect him in my uh, compound. He had a beautiful compound where we stayed. And that to me was just an amazing outcome for somebody. Some of you may know the name he ran for president of the Philippines a few years ago and lost the election. But um, Pastor Eddie Villanueva is a, a mighty man of God. He's about this tall. And um, he and his wife were just great hosts. But that communion service, because while you were talking, I was picturing that and all the events that happened with that. And I just thought, what an amazing thing to experience. And know that the power of God saved the life of that pastor. Amen. Coming from the other side of the fence on this, uh, communion to me in a church service is kind of unusual because I'm used to the Passover. And I always think about, and it brought me, well, Larry was speaking, is the phrase, do this in remembrance of me. In the first Passover, the Jewish nation, nation put blood on the doorposts and the lentils so that the angel of God would pass over them. In essence, bringing the nation of Hebrews and whoever else was in the house out of Egypt. Think about that. He brought hundreds of thousands of people out of a nation to create a nation. And when we celebrate communion, my thought is, do this in remembrance of me. And what has he done for me is he has brought me out of this world and into a relationship with himself. Um, I've said this before. My wife has heard me say this. 
um, in a prior life, and I think I've lived probably three prior lives, um, not physical, but all in one, but I wasn't a very nice individual. I was, um, and so he brought me out of that and he brought me into a life of greater peace and greater understanding and greater love. And I'm envious of Richard who understands the love of God because for whatever reason, I can't get into that. I can't get that, but I want it. I do want it. And that's my, I mean, every time I do communion, that's where I go, is he's brought me out of this world. And that's what he says. I'm bringing you out of this world. And I'm not of this world anymore. And so, praise Jesus that I no longer reside in this world, that I reside in his love, and I reside in the kingdom of heaven. And so, thank you, Lord. Don, you got something? Well, very current. A um, couple things this week. Um, I deal with um, being sometimes a little lonesome because of being single. But anyway, um, this week I had a um, um, my VA physical, um, and um, there was this thing and that thing, and <laughs> and you know they point out, uh, you know, you got this thing going on, you got that thing going on, and you got thing, and I I left I left with peace in my heart. Um, it, it just didn't shake me up because of all the sort of things that I need to be so supposedly concerned about in this body. And the other thing is that uh, in, um, well, I wanted two other things. I've recently been part of this, um, the Tuesday uh, Ascension group. And that has been a real joy to me. It's um, a, a joy that I've missed for a long time in, in worship for some time. That you know, a, a deep sense of joy. And I just want to thank you, thank them for that. But the other issue was um, so I decided to, you know, one of the things to um, deal with is. Um, being alone was such I've heard about this group that meets called recovery group and it's it's a Christian takeoff on um what AA and um but while we were sharing there is a this chorus that um the Gaithers um, gave a long time ago where it's I am loved I am loved I can risk loving you because the one who knows me best loves me most that to me is um, 
deep, deep, deep realization that I, you know, I don't have to pretend he knows me more than I know myself better than I know myself. And he knows how to just how to deal with things that I, um, where I need to grow. So I just praise him. I praise him for the peace of this, of, of, uh, you know, every, that he, he gave me the other day when I, after the, uh, the physical, and I, I just thank him for, um, this, um, being with this group the other night and, uh, probably will continue. I thank you for the ascension. This is, this is something totally new to me and, and the joy, the joy that, um, and the and the worship, it just uh it's to me it's it really speaks to my heart and I I praise him for that. Yes. So anyway, I suppose you're supposed to take something, I suppose. <laughs> and uh there's another person that's been on uh Zoom here that uh, I don't know, and I think it's the first time, and that's uh you, Elisa. So there you go. Can you hear me now? <laughs> Thank you, Donald. Um, actually, we have met. I just have longer hair now. It was like, I think, last December. Anyway, um, this is very timely. So uh, thank you, Larry, for heads up that I was going to probably get called on. Um, a lot of you don't know my story, so uh, I'm just going to start with this. I'm going to tell you what just happened today. Um, I was rehired back with American Greetings um, immediately. Um, I felt I was to call uh, her yesterday, text her. Uh, I met this woman, uh, the territory manager here five months uh, ago at the Safeway just while I was shopping. And we'd exchanged numbers and she told me there were no territories open here that I could be a helper. So I texted her to get that call text that I made was made while walking in the Lord. I had wanted to make a phone call over the last five months, but he told me to wait until my items from storage were down, were delivered. Um, my day, thank you so much. Uh, last weekend, and uh, I was also blessed by him coming down here. But um, what I really want to say is that I am not the same person I was 24 years ago. Um, I'm gonna try not to cry because I have a relationship and I commune with God, I am walking into the path that He always had for me, whereas before my life was hitting nothing but dead ends at jobs, and I was a workaholic, and 24 years ago, um, 25 doctors, 20 of them in the worker comp system said they didn't know what to do with me, and I didn't get well, and I had head injury, spine injury, neck injury, tailbone injury, shoulder injury. I couldn't talk uh, without staring. I couldn't remember what anything someone just told me. So I went from someone who was running so fast and working all the time that my coworkers called me the machine. 
So I just want to remember that um, being remember all. I'm sorry. Walking in him is so different than walking in the world. And that's what I remember the most is that he took me from the world with every body part wrong, fixed them all. <laughs> and now he does every step. So I just remember all he's done for me and praise him. Do I need to pick someone? Jen. Is Jen there? Jen will work. There you are. Thanks, Lisa. That's awesome. So this week, uh, yeah, I came across, I shared this testimony, so I won't reiterate it all, but I shared about when the Lord told me to write a letter to my brother, and I didn't want to do it. And, um, but I did, and I felt a relief, you know, once I did it, but um, I came across the draft that I wrote before I wrote the final note that I sent to him, and uh, if you recall, part partly why I was hesitant to do it was stuff happened so many years ago, it felt kind of odd to do that, and then if I was measuring whose infraction was a lot greater, his seemed a lot greater in my eyes than how I responded. But anyhow, I, did, I came across that draft that I'd sent him. And, and so a few days later, I'm just driving, and um, God says to me, because one of the lines that I wrote was, you know, even though this happened so many years ago, I don't want to neglect my responsibility for how I responded to you, that that wasn't right. So anyway, I'm, ju I'm just driving, and I'm kind of thinking back to that letter I wrote, and the Lord said, thank you because you've given him an opportunity to look at himself. And I was like, <laughs> wow, Lord. Um, and he just showed me that, you know, when we come and, and, uh, and like I say, my attitude certainly wasn't perfect, but I got to a point to humble myself. Uh, but when we come in that spirit, and just apologize for our part, and we don't focus on everything the other person did wrong. It's kind of disarming. That allows them then to maybe not feel defensive and then just receive. And so it was just really touching to me that the Lord would say thank you, that I gave my brother an opportunity to just receive and look at himself and allow the Lord to do that. And so, you know, the Lord has done that many times, you know, when he speaks to me, he'll, he'll say thank you for something. And it's just like, wow, God, <laughs> thank you that you're thanking me for any small step. And so it's just the 
beautiful personal relationship that we have that he's so, I, I mean, that's humility. <laughs> the, the God of the universe is saying thank you for something that we do. Amen. Amen. Doris, on Zoom. Hello. Well, thank you for inviting me to share. I don't know if it was Ian Clayton or Graham Cook that I heard say one time um, someone that he was encountering and his response was along the lines of what is wrong with this person? And what the Lord answered was, what if there isn't anything wrong? What if there's just something missing? And so that affected my thought processes so much. It helped me to become less judgmental. But he's been taking me on a journey of um, applying that right now with a relationship with a woman who goes to our church. She is um, especially needy emotionally, but she's very eager um, to just really embrace the Lord and have him just work in her life in all areas of physically, mentally, emotionally. And she's one of those people that she desires my company um, to a much greater degree than what I have desired her. She's not a person that I typically would have sought out and looked for, you know, first thing Sunday morning or one thing or another. And what I've seen that the Lord has been doing in this interaction with her is um, he's helped me to stop thinking about myself and thinking about how this relationship doesn't really bring me a great deal of pleasure. One of the things that he has said to me multiple times is, it's not about you. And she seeks my company in part for social purposes, but she also wants to learn from me. She wants to seek, you know, my knowledge. She um, I'm about at least 10 years older than her. And so I've appreciated this walk um, that the Lord has been taking me on in relating to her. She would, um, uh, you know, we would talk on the phone or see each other at church. And as we would be leaving or something, she'd say, you know, love you. And I would respond, but truthfully, I was not sincere. And I had asked the Lord, help me to love her. 
And he's been doing that. And so I don't look at her in terms of what's wrong with her. I am, you know, to a much greater degree and increasing and looking at what's missing and what there is that I have either in my life experiences or in my knowledge or, you know, whatever, um, for the, for the Lord to use that to help to feed her. And I am growing to love her. And, um, she and her husband also want to start spending more time with my husband and I. And so it's a journey I'm thankful for, um, because of what it's doing for me. And I think, you know, the that's so typical of how the Lord does things. We think we're doing something for other people, but actually the Lord's doing something for us. And so it's a win-win situation um, for her and for me. And I'm, I'm eager to continue on this path and see where it um, will take us because, um, there are, you know, things about her. I can see God in her, her passion. She has a gift of discernment. Um, and I'm thankful to the Lord that he's chosen me to help her in her, um, spiritual path and I'm growing as well. Okay. Gosh, uh, yeah, today I guess I was, you know, remembering kind of how my health was a few years back. <clears throat> For many years, I was pretty, pretty bad shape, you know, and just to uh, feel healthy again, you know, um, it's, uh, it's incredible. Uh, you know, I have been blessed with three kids and, you know, to be able to be there for them, you know, every day and, and, uh, that's a blessing, you know, to see them grow and, and do better. Um, I just, I see, I see a lot, a lot more in, in life, you know, that, that God's blessed me with. The, the other day I was praying for snow and it snowed immediately. <laughs> it's just, you know, we prayed for help with, with the electric bill and we, we got help and, you know, almost immediately. It was, uh, just one prayer after the other was being answered, uh, and he was, you know, I just felt like he was telling me he loves me, you know, and uh, it's good to good to feel that, you know, um, and uh, we're grateful. My family and I are very grateful to be with such a wonderful group of people that that love the Lord. It's uh, it's good to be here. So it's it's our honor. But uh, yeah, I don't know who to pick next. Uh, Laurel would be it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well. Obviously, I wasn't in here for exactly what Larry said, so we're just going to kind of roll with it, but that's okay. I don't need to be in here because I feel like the Lord told me to share. <laughs> I was like, don't call on me because I felt like you told me to share very personal things, which I don't love. So, <laughs> but you said something about calling back a time. That's what Riley was telling me. So I have very quick ones. Um, 
gosh, many moons ago, 2010, when we first started Joyland and I was gone for a little season of that right at the beginning, um, I did a thing with the Lord about asking who he wanted to reveal himself to me as. And so, <laughs> I haven't thought about this in ages, so <laughs> clearly it's still important. But, so I did that as each individual entity of, of the Trinity. And so, um, Jesus revealed himself. That's oddly, if you know me, the one that's easiest for me to not connect with, but understand, but it's odd because he was very much, he revealed himself as the lover of my soul. And so he kind of came and he was all dressed up and we were dressed up and we were waltzing and that's how he revealed himself to me. And then Holy Spirit was like a man shaped. And by man, I just mean being shaped, um, walking fire, just on fire and, and was walking over the earth and just purifying, purifying everything, which I thought was lovely. And there'll be a reason why you, I'm telling you all of these. And then uh, Father revealed himself to me um, from the movie Lord of the Rings in the first Lord of the Rings, the fellowship one, um, when Frodo gets taken on to uh, Erwin's horse and the water's rushing in. Now, if you know me well, you know that I'm absolutely terrified of water. So he had put me in the water, but he was revealing that the, these horses were coming, but the horses were the protection, just like in the movie, right? They were there to knock out and that he was like that. And he just surrounded me in this bubble. And I was able to just rest and float in the father's love. Okay. So that was 10 years ago. Then fast forward, I don't know, three or four years <laughs> later. And he, uh, I was at a worship conference with, um, where Kim Walker was the worship leader. I was very sick. I had been battling throat things um, very for a very long time, actually, just constantly getting sick. And most of you know that singing is one of the few things I do. Um, and so I was just constantly battling. And they were, I don't know what song they were singing. If you want to know the truth, I don't remember. But I was just in the zone with the Lord. And the communion kind of reminds me of this. He um, just—he oh, decided to reveal himself on the cross, which was excessively painful to look at. I won't lie, but he just like looked down from the cross at me, and he said, "This is for you." From that time, though, I have hardly been had a throat thing since then because I was just crying out to him to help me understand. And, okay, I blew a vocal cord, but that was totally on my fault. But beyond that, I haven't had strap. I haven't had all these weird threat things that I had literally leading up to all the time. But that was so incredibly painful, you guys, to look at the broken body of him on the cross while he's dying, just talking to me. So there's another one that was called back. And then it's so important. It is so important that we do talk to him and ask him to reveal himself throughout our lives of who he wants to be in our life at that moment. 
And each one of them is different. And so then Richard was talking to me about going to Burning Man, and this was in 2019. And I was like, all right, Lord, if we're going to do this, you really got to make it clear. <laughs> because going in the desert, sleeping on the ground, really, you know, me loud noises, people, not my jam. But oddly, I'd wanted to go years ago, and then I thought, no, I don't want to go. And then, But I was like, make it clear, Lord. And we, sorry, my nose is now running because I'm crying. Okay. So he, um, he ended up <laughs> pulling back. Like I had remembered Jesus as my lover and the dancing thing and the father is my water a lot. But for a long time, I could not remember what the Holy Spirit was, what he had revealed that in 2010. So we're at this meeting. Everybody's doing an ascension thing. Of course, I'm not even paying attention to the ascension thing because I'm going, Lord, you have to tell me if I'm supposed to go. And so I'm kind of in my own world, which I kind of do sometimes. And everybody's getting all these words. If you've been in an ascension, you know, just whatever's showing up. I'm not participating in that. I'm like, I mean, I'm in the circle, but I'm not participating. I'm just asking, Lord, I need you to answer me. And he goes, don't you remember how I revealed myself to you as Holy Spirit? And I was like, no, can you remind me? And it was a burning man. It is the burning man. That's how he is to me. And I went, oh, crap, I'm going to burning man. And you know what? That was the most amazing thing I've done in my life. And God was with me in every step of the way. And so it was amazing, though, to go from 2010 when he first revealed himself and, and then the cross, because I see that more often than I don't see that still, but I didn't remember that burning man thing. And it's so, he's still the same. And it reminded me that he is the same yesterday, today and forever and all of those things. And so that was, that was my, well, I didn't know what we were actually doing because I was teaching kids. I knew we were doing communion, but I didn't understand. But the Lord told me back there, yeah, you're going to talk about those things if you get called. And I was going, please, Jesus, don't let me get called. And then Vicki yells out, call Laurel. And I go, no, tell her to shut up. <laughs> and here I am. And so those are my remembrances of how he revealed himself to me. But the cross one, yes, he revealed himself to me, but he also did that for you, you know, and, and it really was just for you. I mean, it was for everybody, but he knows you like in such an incredibly deep way. Um, like I loved what Dave talked about, that he made you new, you know, you're new and he brought you out of that life and you now live in, in a different world, essentially. And that is what he did on the cross for all of us. So exactly know who's been up or down. Lydia, you want to come up? Awesome. Come up. Cause I was going to call you when I was sitting back there. Yes, I will. <laughs> Well, I don't know how long this was, but one time I couldn't find a really special Barbie to me. And I was like, where are you? I even looked under my bed. It was not where I was playing. Well, then I asked Jesus. Well, Jesus said, look where you didn't play. I was like, what the? Because I never heard of that because, like, well, I was playing at that area. And then I checked where I, who, or I wasn't playing, and I finally found it. Mm, who should I call on? Nah, let's see. Dumb!
Well, <clears throat> uh, recently, just last month, I was uh, diagnosed with hepatitis C. And uh, <clears throat> it's uh, kind of hard to pinpoint it because uh, no shared needles, no tattoos. Uh, <clears throat> the only woman I've ever been with is <clears throat> my wife of 50 years this month. So, you know, we don't know. So, <clears throat> um, not concerned about it because it's treatable. Uh, about a 96% cure rate. But the only, th the only thing that's not known is uh, <clears throat> how long I've had the infection and therefore um, what's the amount of liver damage. So, so the doctor called me and said, uh, I'd like to talk to you about your, about your blood work. And I said, okay, how about Monday? He said, how about 10.30 today? So I have no idea what's, you know, what's going on. So, so he told me, and uh, uh, it was, the day was uh, a little rough. But then uh, within a day or two, um, it got to be, I got to be really, really peaceful about this. Uh, and <clears throat> what came to mind was we are, we are learning about, um, uh, Jesus being in us and us being in him and him being with us. And that, that really, uh, gave me a lot of peace because I've known about that relationship, but I get to know it. I get to walk it. And that's the best way to, to, uh, to know it is, is to walk it, not just talk it and think about it, just to know it. So I am thankful for this congregation. I am thankful for this pastor and and Larry, your teaching, and <clears throat> I describe this as my dirt in the septic tank experience. <laughs> That's yours. This is mine. So I am thankful. Uh, Jason. Jason. Yep. You. I'm thankful for the simplicity of the Lord. See, each one of you, as you're telling what you're thankful for, one of the things that God has helped me with is empathizing with each and every one of you at a level that relates to me. And even just recognizing that, it's so cool because it's experience after experience after remembrance after remembrance there's never anything not to be thankful for. The air that we breathe, the clean water that we drink, 
the sunlight filtering through the trees and the leaves and all that kind of stuff. There's just, there's so many countless things. And then one of the other simple things that the Lord reminded me of fairly recently was, uh, some of you guys know I didn't grow up in church. So I didn't have a preset or I had no grid for what that was supposed to look like. And he, he reminded me when I was a teenager, started probably sometime when I was an early teenager, I'd never even been to church. But I used to go to bed, and before I went to sleep, I would say my prayers. And I would say, Dear Lord, thank you for everybody that I love. And then I would go down the list, Mom, Dad, Jack, Teresa, Rhett, Matt, and I would just go through my list of all my relatives, and then I would get to my pets. And that was all I knew. I didn't know how to say amen. I didn't even know what amen meant. And... I think I said that prayer probably most every night until I was in my early 20s. He reminded me of that. He was like, do you remember that simple little prayer? He said, that really touched my heart. I'm like, oh, that's cool. But I've always tried to relate to the Lord and humanity and his creation and the things that he values in simple ways. When I was first trying to learn how to not evangelize, but just share the light of the Lord. It would come to me in simple ways. Like, what if you could just make somebody smile that day? When I was going through a work transition, uh, I was on a contract for about four or five years. At that time, we were transitioning away from that. And there was a guy that had been with that company for like 20 or 30 years. And he said, Jay, man... When you leave this place, they're going to have to put in high wattage bulbs to make up for the light that walks out when you leave. And those simple little remembrances, that's what I'm thankful for. And I'm thankful that I can relate to each and every one of your experiences in a way that the Lord touches me. So that's what I'm thankful for. And I would like to ask Riley to share what he's thankful for. The camera, yeah, it's fine, all right. Um, so there are a lot of things that I could talk about. I don't totally know which one to, but the one that keeps coming to mind is the like four or five hour long conversation that me and that guy over there had until like one in the morning discussing a lot of things, but the main thing is how uh, the Holy Spirit feels very feminine and I don't know that stuck with me for a long time and that's like the thing that is coming back I just also all of our very long theology talks we lived together for quite a while for those of you who don't know um and it was funny because like I don't know once every month or two months we would just be talking theology for like four or five hours straight until like 12 a.m., 1 a.m., something like that. So just all of those times, because it doesn't ever feel like it's just me and him talking. It feels like there's also, you know, Jesus and God and Holy Spirit and everything. And uh, a lot of stuff feel felt very revealing to me, especially because, like, he does a lot of research. I don't. Um, <laughs> and I'm okay with that because he can tell me stuff, and it's nice. But also just talking with him about a bunch of stuff, 
a lot of it felt very eye-opening to a lot of things and uh yeah and so even to this day my my ideas and everything constantly change a lot because of him but also just because i feel like so many things happen in my life that lead me to change what i believe and i don't think that they're just coincidence or just random things that happen i feel like everything that happens that leads me to believe what i believe is just supposed to happen that way so that i do feel and think the way that i do and it feels nice because i don't feel stagnant in my life i don't feel stale ever i feel like my body and my spirit and everything about me is constantly just changing and evolving which feels great because i've never really had the chance to experience real stagnant feeling which feels great because uh i can only imagine how boring it is to feel stuck in one place in your idea and everything um let's see i don't even who who's left Teresa. oh you have you talked Teresa? okay just really fast larry did you say something at the start i don't think you said anything okay if you're gonna close it that's fine all right Teresa, you're up <laughs> Um, so from what I can um, remember of the directions, you're supposed to recall a time when we like recalled God or something kind of like that. Um, I was thinking about a time when I was in uh, Cripple Creek and we had went on this train ride. And when people come to town, we take them up there to go on that little narrow gauge um, railway. And it was a really beautiful fall day. And the sky was like so blue, and the the leaves were so gold against the blue. It was just really stunning. And I was just sitting there looking out the train, and it was warm, and I was just feeling the sun on my face. And I I heard the Lord say, um, "My love for you is deeper than the deepest mine." And on that train ride, they like, you know, as you go along, they're like, oh, this mine had this many, you know, millions of dollars of gold and it's this deep. And and it's interesting how sometimes the Lord will just break in on you and you're not even really thinking, you know, I was just enjoying his creation and listening to the information and thinking, wow, I don't know how deep that is, but that seems like really deep. You know, and so when he said that to me, I just thought that felt like like he touched me, you know, in the just kind of an unexpected time. And um, so this was probably about 15 years ago. And so what I what I did, you know, what I've done most of my life since I became a believer was try to find little things to remind me of those like really um like significant experiences, so I don't forget them. And um, Cripple Creek doesn't really have much of anything. So, but I had walked in and out of a few little stores, and um, there was one store left, and it was a baby kid's clothing store. And I thought, oh, I'm never going to find anything in here to remind me of what God said to me today. But I went in anyway, and like by the cash register, the lady had a, a, a little gold plate. Um, it was uh, gold glass, and it was shaped like the sun. And I thought, oh, that's so cool, because I was just feeling the sun on my face when 
the Lord said that to me. And I just thought it was so cool how that's like how a love is, you know, like you're just not expecting it. And then they say something so beautiful and you're like, oh, that was nice. You know, and it's not like you're demanding it or. Um, and so anyway, I bought this little plate. I think it was like a dollar. And um, I got home and uh, usually what I'll do is I'll write the date and the word that the Lord gave me. And as I flipped the plate over, I realized it was a son. But in the, the, the rays of the sun were crosses. And I was like, you are so perfect. Like, that, I mean, it was just so perfect. I just thought, oh, that is so neat. And so that was just kind of a way I'm, I would recall him. I would say I would recall him. So. Well, I have to give thanks today because for so many years I have prayed my husband be in church with me. He has never found a, a good church to go with me. And I just feel so happy he's here and falling in love with all of you. And Pastor, thank you for supporting him. Um, and I was thinking, what do I need to say? And God showed me so many things that we won't leave tonight. But really quick, um, since I met Jesus, my prayer has been that my loved ones in Mexico know him. And I used to call my mom and sing in Spanish. It was a song that is called God of Covenants. And she used to laugh at me in the FaceTime. I used to call my sister and tell her some Bible verses, like when the Lord is coming in the sky with his voice of trumpet. And she says, you are crazy. Where does where does, did you read that? I said the Bible, and she hung on me. Uh, my brother thought I was crazy. And a few years ago, my youngest brother called me in FaceTime. They had dinner for New Year's Eve. It's a Thanksgiving for us in Mexico, giving thanks for the year and the life. And God sent a pastor to my family's table. And he was preaching to everybody and then I just was full of joy because he always listens and that day my brother that thought that I was crazy in his toast he said oh I thought my sister was very crazy but I know that she has the most sense than all of us and praise God my siblings and my parents have received Christ and I'm still praying for nephews that are young. Uh, that is one of the stories. Another story really quick. Um, I used to go to a Baptist church. I'm not Baptist. I'm just follower of Christ. But was close to my house. I grabbed a salvation plan in English. My dad was bilingual. And I say, Lord, please, I pray you send your children to teach him about you. And one of my trips, I went, and next to his bed was the same salvation plan in Spanish. And I say, who gave you this? Oh, some hallelujahs came to give me this. And I say, well, I got you another in English, and have you read it? He says, yeah, I did. Then I just say, Lord, you listen everything. Before I brought it to him, you already have it there. Well, I met Christ when I was 18, 
I grew up Catholic as a Mexican, but I always wanted to know him. And I didn't know how to talk to him. But I remember when I was 25, I went to church and I just say, thank you for my life. I always was grateful. But when I was 18, a Christian couple told me about Jesus, that he died for me. If I believe I will have an eternal life, I believe it. But I never knew that gift until I was almost 30 years old. I'm 50 now. And one day I pray. Uh, my husband had a lot of health issues. He was dying. He was over-medicated at the VA. My whole family in Mexico, how we met was a miracle too. We pray, he prayed for me, I prayed for him, and God put us together 22 years ago. But when I came to United States, he told me, let's go for a month. And I've been here over 20 years. <laughs> he never took me back. I just go once a year. And when I was sad with my newborn, our first baby, and my husband had a lot of troubles with the medications, overdoses, um, addiction. I cried to him, seeing my baby in the crib, and I said, Lord, I want to know you. My life is dark. And I look up and I cry. Two, years, two days after, a pastor, his wife, and his child came to knock my apartment and took me to church every Sunday. And it's how I started growing in him. And I remember what was that gift. And one day I went to a store and I found a salvation plan in the toilet. <laughs> and I started reading it. And I reconfirmed my salvation. And I just say, I did this a long time ago and I didn't know the gift you had for me. And suddenly a lady brought me a bilingual Bible. And then I just got on fire for Christ and started he gave me the gift of evangelize, and everywhere I go, when God, even in the airplane, if I go to Mexico, I say, you pay for the trip. I'll go to my mission. And wherever I go, the flea market, pray with people. Well, so many, so many stories and miracles that God has given us. And now I am praying my two boys come with us. Because they've been, when daddy gets, uh, deception about some churches and the boys, oh, I don't want to go. And now that is liking it here. Then I pray that now he brings the boys. Well, I have too much to say, but I thank you for listening. And I just thank God that the Lord rescued me and I can share the good news to others. Thank you. God bless. <laughs> so I know that probably a couple years ago, I would have come here and thought, this is cool. This is crazy. I used to know he loved me, but not know him. And I've never had that big of an experience, but it's the little things all over. That feeling where you know you need to help someone. That lit, Those little things are what I'm thankful for. That I don't need a big ascension because I sort of have trouble with those. But the little things are what I'm thankful for. Uh, so um, I was just thinking about, and I, one of the things I love about my relationship with God is how he will give us things that we don't even know we need. And just, so this last weekend, uh, my, well, last week, my grandpa passed away and I 
worked hard to Adam's mom came and um, so that he could keep working and I could get two days back in Indiana with my mom. And we, it was a lot of family and a lot of the visitation, everything, but we had on Saturday, the afternoon in between like the funeral and the graveside, and then the family was getting together again that evening. We had an afternoon together that my mom and I haven't had in forever because we always have the I always have the kids when I'm with her, and so it's always consumed with the kids and stuff. And so we just, which is wonderful, and she loves her time with you guys too. But it was such a special time that we had. We got ice cream, and we just sat and we talked and we shared our hearts and just connected and. Um, such a deeper level than we normally get the chance to do because it's always busy and we're always doing things and there's always, you know, little voices always coming for attention and wanting things. And so it was just this super special time that we had in the midst of a loss that was very unique and very like, and I was like, I didn't even know how much I needed that time with my mom. And she, and we talked about it since how special it was for both of us to just have that connection together. And it was really special. Well, one time I wanted to go to a Sprays water park. Only it was Sprays, just Jesus told me I could put fill my toy bucket with water, and I thought I could not. But Jesus promised that I could do it, and I could. Amen. <laughs> One of the, uh, we had an elder meeting the other night, and uh, Laurel's been asking the worship team, have you got anything? And anyway, by the, by, by the time the elder meeting left, or was ending, I, I thought I heard the word victory. Well, tonight, tonight we have the victory. Amen? We have the victory in Jesus, the victory in our Father, the victory in the Holy Spirit. He lives within us. Victory. Amen? We close on that. Thank you, Jesus, for the victory that your presence is in our life. We bless you. We thank you. We thank you for the kids. We thank you for being your kids. And uh, thank you for your body, your blood and your presence with us. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. That was fantastic.